Hello, 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 and welcome to Canadian Made. My name is Olivia, and each week on this podcast, we go behind the scenes of the Canadian entertainment industry to learn how things get made and the stories of the unsung heroes who make them. On today's episode, I am joined by Steve, who is a broker at Front Row Insurance. Front Row Insurance Brokers arranges film production insurance to cover the risks associated with your production. So they cover everything from features to television series to commercials to music videos, webisodes, really any content that you can imagine. They help to achieve your artistic vision by minimizing production hazards and transferring risk. They cover budgets that range from 2000 to 200 million. Large or small, they can supply your production insurance solutions. In this episode, we discuss the common pitfalls of producers when it comes to insurance, as well as the types of insurance that you may require and why it might be relevant to your production. So although insurance may not be the most, you know, glamorous of topics, it is super, super important um, to so many productions and Steve gives such great insight into the insurance industry and hopefully he'll be able to help demystify uh, some commonly asked questions and any kind of worries that you might have before approaching insurance broker. And if you find that after this episode you feel inclined to get in touch with Front Row, you can get in contact with someone via their website at www.frontrowinsurance.com. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Steve. Uh, I want to first start off with Front Row Insurance and what they do and how you as a broker fit into uh, the bigger picture. We, um, our role is really uh, to help advise uh, our producer clients on on what some of the risks are with their their show um, try and dig a little deeper into the uh, the various things that can happen and we're drawing on a bunch of experience related to that the ideal thing for us is to learn about a project very early we find like the sooner we're talking to somebody even when it's an idea prior to them pitching it even you know it's it's ideal because we can raise some red flags, things that might be missed along the way and that may be able to be fixed, but can be a little more problematic or a little more complicated uh, later in, in the process. Trying to get involved in a project early is important, getting to really understand it. We, we find ourselves, like I get very passionate about our clients' projects, right? So it's, it's kind of nice to be part of it early on. It also gives us a chance to build some rapport and trust with the producer. Because um, really what we want, we want them to tell us everything, you know, like, you know, sometimes have people say, well, I don't know if I should tell you this. And I feel like you should tell us everything. Like, you have to tell us everything <laughs> because we can't deal with it otherwise. So, yeah, trying to um, delve into that and then also thinking about the scale of the project or being involved when they're they're looking at, you know, various agreements for broadcasters or streaming or financing like making sure there aren't things in there that um, are maybe perhaps too onerous for the scale of the project or that um, could be tweaked or that, you know, may cost more and they might not have the budget for it. And we do run into this a lot where, you know, some of the uh, funders or some of the streamers or broadcasters will just have a template of coverage. They'll say, this is what you need. And then, you know, you look at it and somebody's getting a, a fairly modest um, licensing fee and they've got a, a fairly modest budget. And then we're looking at spending 20% of their, you know, of their budget just to satisfy these insurance requirements. And sometimes you can't negotiate those out, but 
there are opportunities to try and do that. And, and I'm finding that, uh, you know, I just have always found the sooner we're involved in a project, the better. It really is, is, is critical. You know what? I think it's really good advice because we encounter the exact same problem on legal people come to us at the very end when they're ready to, you know, get, ENO. maybe they need it because the distributor is asking for it. It's the first time that they're really thinking about the, you know, process, but you know, we need time to, especially if, you know, the client is a new client to us and it's the first time that we're working with them on a production. We need yeah, to yeah. vet all of their documents and yeah. probably supply new documents for them. Yeah. It's not necessarily a quick process, although we move as fast as we possibly can, you know, we need time. And so I think I would, I would echo your sentiments. It's always best to just give people like us a call because, yeah you know, you're super friendly. We're, I'm super friendly. We're like, yeah, it's better to have the conversation and maybe you're not ready for insurance yet. Maybe you don't need to go through that process for another, you know, couple months, but now you have the contact. Now, you know, you know what you need to do. They've maybe alerted you to some red flags and you're going to be way better off. (laughs) Oh, you'll be more prepared, you know, and and just because, you know, we're known to be pretty fast and pretty efficient at getting things done. And yeah, you know, we can, you know, we can within a week or a few days have a project's insurance all taken care of in, in case it, but just because we can doesn't mean that's the best approach, right? Because then people are very focused on you know, producers or production managers, line producers, then get very focused as they need to be on the cost. But that becomes the overriding point that they're looking at or criteria, the metrics they're using to measure. And so like, as long as it fits within the budget, Okay, then they move on. But, you know, you'd rather have time to have a proper conversation, you know. Also, too, like when we're looking at cast, it's great to have a conversation with a a producer to let them know what some of the issues could be around cast. You know, age restrictions, young, old, you know, health conditions, pre-existing conditions, what's going to be required if if you have a cast member that's, you know, an essential part, like a true, an essential star and your financing might hinge on it or other deals may hinge on it. So we want a chance to really have them thinking about a lot of this stuff before they've signed contracts and deal memos and everything else. Like this is just the ideal way to do it. And I think, you know, what we find, I find within my client base is that the people I've worked with for many years, they do call me. They call me very early and say, hey, we've got this idea. What do you think? You know, I particularly find that important when we're dealing with documentaries, things that could be more sensitive, you know, because you can have an amazing idea for a documentary as a producer and a really great subject, but you need to think about it, right? You're involved yourself in the clearance of the errors and emissions, the media liability coverage for things like, you know, defamation and privacy and all of that. Well, you want to have people make sure that when they're shooting and creating that they're, they've got those points in mind, right? And, and it's a drag when you've got something that's been shot and it's a great subject and you realize, holy cow, we've got a, we've got a real challenge here to try and get some of this through and approved. You know, A, get their counsel and the legal counsel, like, in, you know, um, comfortable with it, get the insurance company comfortable with it. And, you know, we do like you do you find that often these things, these are these can be challenging to do when all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, let alone if you've got something where, you know, there aren't the proper releases in place or there's issues around um, 
you know, the capacity of the individual or the individuals in the, in the, in the project, in the show, in the film. So these are all things that, you know, early is better. Early is better. And as I say, just because we can be really fast doesn't mean that's the best strategy. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And you, you raised such good points that, especially with really contentious documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> they're my favorite thing and my least favorite thing at the same time. Because oh, I know. I love them too. Yeah, I I, I do. Yeah. yeah, I I feel the same way. They're so much fun because you get to really engage in the nitty-gritty of, you know, entertainment law, which is really fun, but like you say, if they come to us early, we can put you on the right track yeah. and we can make sure that if, uh, you know, where there's some contentious issues, where you're struggling with, oh, I, I don't know if that feels 100% right. Well, maybe I'm invading their privacy a little bit. We yeah. can set you on the right path. And it's a lot easier to tell the story that you want to tell yes. when you are in the correct parameters, because where it's exactly what you said, where they come to us with a documentary that's already shot. Yeah. using materials that are a bit on the fence, it's really difficult for them to then go back and change anything. Yeah. And yeah. it's expensive. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of, you know, foresight at the beginning yeah. and yeah. just willing and openness to have those conversations. I'm curious, you know, what your appetite and your opinion as the, um, you know, insurer, obviously you're not the counsel for the insurer and you do have your counsel uh, opine on these types of issues. Yeah. But I'm curious, you know, generally what uh, the insurer's appetite is to take on things that are uh, under the fair dealing exception. And I should make a distinction here to say that fair use is an American concept that we do not have here in Canada. And I'm sure that you feel the same way. As soon as someone comes in to my office or there's a phone call and someone says fair use, I'm like, whoa, hold the bus, hold the bus. (laughs) Let's, let's unpack this. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I, I think you're right. Is that, you know, there are differences there. And I think there has been what we've seen or the trend I've seen and my colleagues will have seen is an over dependence or an over like, you know, hope, you know, which is never, hope is never a great strategy, right? So the idea that, well, no, no, it it falls in fair use or it falls in fair dealing. Let's stick to fair dealing. And, you know, at one point I found that the underwriters would accept it more. I find as, as it, and it, because it was more the exception, right? It was more, you know, where you were relying on it. It was more the exception. Then we found, you know, people started to use it more and there were certain you know, you, they would come in with a legal opinion, a review of it, an assessment. Um, insurers started to lose a bit of their confidence, I think, in those opinions. And so therefore, um, it, it's, it's, it's a real push from insurers counsel now. As soon as you go in, they're going to be drilling down on it and they will push back. I mean, there's no question they push back on it. Um, again, going back to what we said earlier, the ability to have these conversations early on. You know, it's great. Have the independent opinion on fair dealing, have all of that. But let's go to the insurer. Let's kind of pre-clear it. You know, people go in before they buy a home and they get pre-approved on a mortgage. Right. So let's think about that on the films. Like, let's look and say, what do we do? Okay, this is what we've got. We think this is fair dealing. Does producer counsel, do insurers counsel agree on it? Let's hammer it out before things are shot. And I think 
you know, I, I feel like producers, in case you've never noticed, insurance has a bit of a stigma attached to it. So people are people don't want to really come, you know, they go, oh, God, I got to deal with insurance. Or maybe they feel that way about a lawyer. I don't know. But the <laughs> no whole one thing, tells me that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think to your point earlier, once once they have this kind of conversation and they have this kind of rapport building and we all have different personalities in that. But the one thing I can tell you is that my colleagues are all open to having a conversation about this stuff and we'll challenge it early on. Oh, fair dealing. Let's talk about that. You know, have you had it reviewed? What, what research have you done? What's available? What's your lawyer think about it? Okay, let's go in and have it pre-cleared. Now, some insurers are more open to that than others. Um, again, we've I found at one time they were more open to doing that type of work without any cost associated with it, even though they were incurring a bit of fee, like some fees with the um, with council at their side. But you know, I still think it's the better approach to try, even if we've got a little bit of cost associated with doing that, to get the lawyer, uh, the lawyer, the insurer's side on board. That way, too, you know what? You're not inhibiting. You know, I think people are afraid their creativity is going to be inhibited, that somehow we're going to put a big wet blanket over their project once they talk to the lawyers and the insurance people. And I think our whole goal is, no, I want to help you make sure you're as creative as possible. And yeah, maybe there's a different angle. You know, I always remember a client of mine who was producing a, 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 a television kind of a, it wasn't a sitcom, it was more of an interview show and, you know, was hosted by a great um, Canadian comedian. She's wonderful. And we would talk about early on, we would talk about what they're going to be shooting in that particular episode and who's on and everything. And the producer was great because he actually welcomed it. And he said, you know, sometimes it's easy to go for the, the quick and cheap gag Whereas we got to be smarter. We got to make it funny without risking having a, a you know unusual level of risk. And I love that kind of thinking, right? Because really that's our goal is to try and find creative you know, solutions insurance-wise that protect everybody, but that also make it a really great project and that they can be as creative as they want to be. 100%. And sometimes, you know, I was working on a project uh, for Netflix that was uh, that contained some, you know, potentially defamatory material. And they they were with us really early on in the process. And we were reviewing all that footage. And then we said to them, you know what, here's the law, here's the law on defamation. And this is what you have to do to make sure that you fall like on the right side of the tracks. Side of it. Yeah. And, and what that ended up, you know, meaning for them was that they looked objectively at their footage and said, you know what, I think we are a little one-sided on this. Mm -hmm. Let's bring in another perspective. Balance it out. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know what? I actually think at the end of the day, the documentary was uh, better off for being yeah. more nuanced. And, and so I think, you know, sometimes people are afraid to come to us exactly for the reason that you said, we're going to challenge their creativity or limit their creativity. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you think about it more as protecting your your creativity and, you know, helping, helping them enhance their, uh, their process to just yeah. make sure everything's on side, because, you know, when you get a claim, it can be a little bit scary. Oh yeah. And you know, it's interesting. We, um, we insured a, a show that was really complex. It, it, it dealt with addiction. It dealt with mental health issues. And I will tell you that 
we worked really extensively with uh, the insurers council, the producers council and ourselves to make sure that we created a process that allowed these stories to be told, but which protected the producers, the finances, the broadcasters, everybody along the way. And I think as a result, you know, we were doing it like we weren't just getting a release at the beginning. We were looking at, okay, what capacity was an issue. So how do we deal with that? And then we had, how, you know, now we're into the story. How do we then deal with continuing consent? Yes, they gave consent at a certain point and they're, you know, in their story. Now, how did we bring them along? How do we make sure that we are making, what we're doing was making sure that we ended up with a project that everybody could see. And I do, I think the series as a result was much better because of that process. Because, and also too, the producers can operate then with confidence you know, that they're going to be okay in the end. Because, you know, we found attitudes of insurers started to change a little bit over the, you know, the market changed, you know, and insurance is a bit cyclical. And then as things harden up and tighten up, the underwriting scrutiny goes up. And, you know, we found situations where the last thing we wanted was our client to be following all of the pre-agreed steps and then have an episode pulled because the insurer didn't like it, you know? Um, the other thing too, and I'm sure you do a lot of this work, or I know you would do a lot of this work, is just that final, you know, screening of a rough cut to making making sure, again, everything we said we were going to do, we're done. And obviously, things on paper can look a little different once they're up on the screen. Is that going to be uh, acceptable to the you know insurers in the end? Mm-hmm. And you know, I and we do I do this a lot, and I, I have clients send me over screening. Uh, version so that I can see, you know, the the rough cuts of these things. And I'm always, uh, I mean, I do get teased a lot because I, I tend to be very emotional about uh, about these subjects sometimes, right? So I have one client who would, he'll send me stuff over and he'll say, this one you're going to have a hard time with. You're going to be crying all the way through it because it's like real sensitive stuff. But again, really interesting, right? Because these people, you know, they're interviewed, they're talking about other people in their lives. And yes, They've signed a release, but what about all those other people that sort of tangentially they're talking about now? And like, is this going to be okay? So yeah, I, I just really, I, I just can't encourage people to try and f- enough to try and find a broker, a lawyer that they just feel really comfortable with and being completely transparent with and let us do our jobs so that you, you know, we can contribute to, I mean, I maybe can't make a film, but I can do my part to try and help producers make a great film right 100 percent. so in terms of different budget types you know if someone's coming to you you know with a smaller budget are there different options that they have in terms of coverage row offers yeah so there are there's lots of options and you know sometimes as i said earlier it gets driven a little bit by contractual obligations and insurance requirements perhaps of funders or streamers or broadcasters so that's something Step one is, okay, do I have anything there that I need to satisfy? Now, if you're able to have a bit of flexibility, which I like for our producing clients, because I, again, I want to make sure the premium scales to the risk and to the, um, you know, the, the, the size of the project, right? So we, we actually years ago created some online um, portals to help clients with those smaller projects, right? And and to us, that was a valuable thing because we like to start creating a relationship early with people, right? So they'll 
they'll have a small project. Maybe they're doing like a PSA or something and they, they're shooting two days over a weekend and they need insurance. Well, they can go into one of our portals. They can insure just their equipment because the rental houses require it. They can get some good general liability coverage, which responds to bodily injury and property damage claims if somebody gets hurt on location or on set. And that's a really nice, robust package, right? That they can they can purchase, and it works well with a lower budget production. As we move up, and and the risks have changed a lot as well, right? Like when I first started doing this, clients were shooting film, we were processing film, we had all of these things, and there's a whole other myriad of risks there. Well, you know, we don't see a lot of processed film anymore. I used to insure some of the, what, a couple of the big labs in Toronto that, um, you know, was it was always very fascinating. And we knew at the time the labs took no responsibility for processing the negative film. So, you know, <clears throat> I had one large claim once where the, uh, um, where the film was fed, it twisted and it was fed through the, the solution, the, the, you know, uh, the wrong way and it ruined a whole day of shoot a big chunk of a day of shooting you know we don't have those same risks anymore we can lose data now and we can still have equipment problems but to me that allows the producer to make some good decisions around really what are their risks right so if they have you know they're shooting digitally they've got multiple redundancies built into their backup they've got a tech on location they've got their post people everybody's keeping an eye on this data to make sure that it's protected. So actually you have more, you have more ability to self-protect yourself than maybe you did when a lab was processing it negative. So depending again, is the driver financiers that need certain levels of insurance, well, then you might get stuck with having to buy a more robust package. But again, having this conversation early on allows you to have that conversation, right? And you make some decisions and maybe you go back to the funder and say, look, you know, my insurance is going to, for this, you know, you're giving me $10,000 to produce this, but it's going to cost me $7,000 for insurance. What can we do? Because I'm sure at the end of the day, we all want to see the money go to, to what's on camera, not what's in behind it, right? So yeah, definitely the opportunity to scale based on the, the, um, the size of the project where it's, you know, being shot, you know, how it's being shot, the equipment that's being used, all those things need to be factored in. In terms of, I guess, most common types of claims that you see on TV and film projects, what would you say those are? Well, we always joke and say that, you know, we can get through most projects without claims. You know, the majority don't have claims, but invariably, somebody is going to bang up a car, right? We always get the cars, right? It's it's the constant, you know, somebody's backing out, you know, a PA hits a, a post or another car, right? Invariably, you're going to get a car claim. Like it just seems to happen. As a result, and in response to that, the insurers have put relatively high deductibles on vehicle claims now. Because, you know, they don't want to, like, you'll find most carriers, their minimum deductible is about $2,500 for a vehicle claim. And it, it'll be a bit of a sliding scale, depending on, you know, the value of the vehicle, the amount of the claim. And, and so, yeah, so we see the car claims, but they're easy and, you know, you deal with them. Um, the more complicated ones, certainly when the pandemic happened, I mean, you know, a bit of an unusual thing for us to be dealing with, but what we triggered there was civil authority coverage. And so, so for all our film producer clients that had interruptions, they were able to access coverage. Whereas 
you know, commercial enterprises weren't, they didn't have coverage available under their business interruption. So that was hugely valuable when we came into the pandemic. I also do a lot of live entertainment as well. So theater, dance, opera. And again, that was an area, fortunately, we had coverage for the, the, the pandemic and the interruptions and the closures and cancellations that were caused by that. Now, what we now have are exclusions, obviously, on all the policies, right? Of course, you know, the insurers, you know, I, I, I always joke that, you know, once, once something like this happens, you know, you're never going to see the communicable disease exclusion come off of these policies, right? Like it's, Doc, we still see volcanic ash um, exclusions on policies after that. Remember the ice, I think it was Iceland, right? That had the, volca the volcano erupt, put all of that up into the atmosphere. There were flights canceled and all of that. We still see volcanic ash exclusions. And yet that was the biggest incident anyway. So, so, but, but when you get into civil authority, that, that is something we do see claims on, you know, things will occur uh, that will shut down a location um, may shut down a, a set, could shut down a studio. Those are things that we see. Um, damage to locations, for sure, we see a lot of those claims. So when you're shooting in somebody's business or shooting in someone's home, you know, floors can get damaged, uh, walls can get damaged, fires can be started, sprinklers can be set off. You know, you can have lights get too close to the fusible link on a sprinkler head, boom, pops it you know, thousands of gallons of water coming gushing out over your set. We've seen those. Data loss, you can run into, but I really don't see a lot of it. Um, I'd be interesting to pull my colleagues on it and see what they, they say. But I think we see less of it. There's more opportunity now to fix a lot of these things in, in your post environment, right? Yeah. Um, at one time, you had to go back to camera and you had to shoot it. Like, there was just no way. Um, whereas... You know, sometimes an issue with a lens or an issue with, you know, you know, might be able to be fixed by a, a good post uh, person. Right. So we don't see as many of those anymore. Equipment claims. Definitely. You know, you'll get equipment stolen or damaged. Um, again, value of equipment has come down a lot over the years. Like I remember when you had film cameras that we were insuring and lens packages, you were into the millions of dollars for this stuff. We don't have those same values anymore. And then cast, you know, your cast claims. Again, they don't happen a lot, but if a cast member is sick, if a cast member injures themselves, you know, well shooting or well not, you know, well off, those are all things that we, we see claims on as well. And those risks are definitely assessed by underwriters. So if you have a, a relatively uh, low risk project, cast issues aren't the same, but if you have a, a higher risk thing where the cast is getting closer to some of the action, right? You want to put your main, your star on the back of a horse. You know, I can tell you the insurers are going to be uncomfortable with that because we have people fall off horses. You know, we, you know, look at Christopher Reed, what happened there. I mean, that's many, many years ago. Cast not as frequently, but I would say that if you rank them, you'd be like damage to equipment, damage to locations, you know, triggers a couple of different coverages around fixing the, the damage, replacing the equipment, and then also paying the extra costs. You know, maybe you have to find a new location. Mm. So, you know, there's an added cost that's going into the budget that you didn't anticipate, or there's additional rental time, or there's delays, interruptions in the shooting schedule, and then we have to pick up those added costs at the end. So that's those are all things that get captured by the... Um, 
you know, by the what they typically call an entertainment insurance package or a production package. Injuries to people, not so frequent. You know, you don't, you don't, you know, we're we're fortunate, but there have, you know, there's some high profile accidents on set that mm-hmm. that occur, unfortunately. And uh, those can be very complex, you know, when you've got cast members or, you know, crew that, that's injured, you know. Um, we have to look as well when you're thinking about those things. We have to look at whether they're purchasing some form of workers' compensation, you know, in Canada, in the U.S. Um, in Canada, you know, that that's going to be your first, um, either the workers' comp or the actress accident on set, those are going to be coverages that will respond to those, those um, medical costs, you know, that are um, experienced by the injured person. Um, So sorry, that's not, that wouldn't be specifically included in an insurance package. No, no, it's not. So in, if we're looking at Canada, if we, if we think about Canada, workers' compensation insurance is all provincially managed. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, the provincial workers' comp schemes that, that everybody goes to when it comes to insuring actors say actor members we have the ability they have the ability to use accident on set which is a what i'd call a first party coverage as opposed to a third party coverage so something that's going to cover the individual themselves as opposed to an action that's being brought against them alleging negligence and liability so if a crew member, let's say, you know, got into an accident on set and eventually, yeah. you know, uh, pursued a personal injury claim, would they have or would the insurance at any point step in to defend the yeah. production? Absolutely. So and that's a key part of any of whenever you're thinking about liability insurance, um, the defense cost payment is 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 huge i mean you know as a lawyer you know the costs that are incurred in defending an action just getting ready to you know going through you know issuing your defense going through discoveries pre-trial work trial if it went to trial like these are all huge costs so the liability insurance you know is one of the key elements and the features of it and benefits of it is the fact that it will pay those legal fees so yeah going back to if you have a a cast member or say a crew member injured the first question is is there workers compensation insurance on that individual because in canada you know there is statutory protection for individuals who are hiring people related to workplace injuries so as soon as you put somebody under uh, a workers comp say wsib in ontario um, as as their employer you you gain some pretty significant statutory protection which may prevent them or bar them from bringing the action in the first place. Now, if they if they're not insured by workers' comp, then the general you know you'll see the terminology the commercial general liability. As I mentioned earlier, that's bodily injury and property damage coverage. So the bodily injury section gets triggered. The insurer then has an obligation. Now policies vary a bit, but pretty consistent in Canada, they're going to be a a, a policy that says the insurer has a right and a duty to defend that policyholder. So the the duty to defend is critical because what that then means is they're gonna engage, retain counsel, and then you're gonna, as a producer, you're gonna have that proper legal counsel looking out for you as you start going through the process. And then also they're gonna be paying those fees. So, you know, five, six, $700 an hour is gonna be paid out depending on, you know, your counsel. 
And the one thing that I always say to clients is you can bet that the insurers have very good legal counsel. You know, they're not they're not really skimping on on the quality of their of their defense counsel. And so therefore, um, you know, that that's a huge benefit. And even if we go through and the number of times I've seen claims that aren't overly significant in a final settlement, but which incur significantly more on legal fees, that happens all the time. Right. So it could be crippling to a producer. You know, you've got a budget, you're making a film that's three million dollar budget. You know, you've got a contingency, you know, a modest contingency in there. You just there isn't there's not the financial resources available under most film budgets to then undertake a defense. And I think a lot of people feel as well that, well, if I don't have the money or I don't, you know, it's a single purpose production company, I'm fine. Well, no, you still have to you know, you still want to step up and defend your, your claim. Right. And, and yeah. that simple decision to buy the insurance is the difference. And, you know, having had many, many clients go through many liability claims, it takes so much. You just, as soon as you tell them there's coverage, as soon as you tell them the legal fees are going to be paid, their shoulders come down and it's an involved process. You know that, right. As a lawyer, you know, what's involved in it. But boy, going through it without the financial strain and then going through with good advice allows, you know, a lot of peace of mind, a a tremendous amount of peace of mind, because it is scary. I mean, it's scary when you receive a statement of claim, you know, that that alleges you're the worst (laughs) employer, the worst person, the worst everything on the planet. And there's often a crazy number attached. To oh, it. yeah, yeah. You're looking at, you know, multi-million dollar claim. It's easy to lose your mind and, and <laughs> you know, but but when they call us and say, like, does our liability insurance cover this? And you say, yeah, it does. And as soon as that statement of claim, we turn it over to the, the insurer and their counsel. And I, I just see, as I say, you just see the shoulders come down and they feel so different. Because, you know, anything can happen. Uh, at the end of the day, you're running uh, productions, just like anything. You you never know what can happen. It doesn't matter if you have a small budget. It doesn't yeah. matter if you think you're playing it safe. It, yeah. And that's and that's what insurance is for. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, accidents happen, right? Like there's, there's not necessarily, somebody wasn't necessarily remiss in their responsibilities or, you know, missed something they... You know, accidents can happen, but again, establishing the facts, you know, going through that process, that's where a lot of cost is incurred. So it's it's hugely valuable. Absolutely. So just in that entertainment package, if you can summarize the all the types of uh, insurance that are generally considered to be the entertainment package. Yeah. The cast insurance is a key element. The cast insurance, again, injury, death, illness you know, that occurs to an insured cast member. Usually you're designating who you want in there. You could be including as well, director, producer, you know, key visual effects people, things of that nature. Um, And then what we've got is the actual um, assets themselves. So like the digital assets in the case of uh, your shot, all your footage, right? That's gonna be insured in there. So if if it's lost, if it's damaged, if there's a technical issue, that's in the entertainment package. All of the gear that's associated with your your shoots, your cameras, your lenses, your cranes, your vehicles, those all get rolled into the production package. And so those could be picture vehicles, they could be production vehicles. So we look at both sides of the, the camera when it comes to that. 
props, sets, your wardrobe, all of those things are things that are insured under the package. We then have a, a coverage called extra expense, and that extra expense is designed to pay those extra costs associated with finishing your production. So, you know, you have a location damaged and uh, you, you go and rent another one or you rent another camera, extra expense is going to be in there. Extra expense also gets into things like the civil authority coverage, interruption of power, um, inability to enter a location, you know, the, the inability to get into a location. Sometimes we have some weather-related coverage around there, sometimes not, more, more not. And then also uh, the general liability gets rolled in there, so the bodily injury and property damage, coverage for the use of vehicles, so the vehicles that you're renting or using in your production, we call it non-owned automobile liability, and that's designed as a contingency. You know, the owner of the vehicle is generally insuring it, but, you know, we, we can have situations where you know maybe the rental period and that's that's an interesting point for people who are listening to think about is on the non-owned auto there's generally a 30-day limitation and what that means is that a rental that goes beyond a 30-day period will um, require a different type of automobile insurance mm -hmm. so that's that's one of those little red flags if you've got rental agreements that are longer than 30 days to make sure you talk to your broker about it because you might need to arrange a different type of insurance. Mm -hmm. All of the physical damage, as I say, gets rolled in there. And then, you know, then we pick up just the general production office stuff, the computers and all of the things that are used in association with the production. So that's kind of your production package in a nutshell. I, that's that's really interesting to know because I think that you know there's obviously a lot of insurance providers out there. Very few of them provide um, errors and emissions insurance. Right. But to know that there you can go to front row and there's you know an actual entertainment package, I think is really useful for yeah. producers because then you know you're not trying to explain an industry to someone who just doesn't understand. You know. You're, you have a package specifically for that purpose that contemplates the nuances that, you know, other brokers just probably it's above their. And, yeah. I mean, this is what we're dealing with all the time. So if you, if you go to a, a general commercial broker, they're not going to have the understanding of it because they're not doing it. Yeah. They may understand manufacturing really well, or they, you know, there's other things they know, but this isn't something, I mean, we do tend to, uh, receive a lot of calls and emails from other brokers that have clients that are, you know, doing something, the better brokers will always basically refer them over to us and say, you guys take care of this because we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. I I, I had a client once say to me, he was in the commercial business. So he, they were producing commercials and he said, Steve, you know, what makes you really valuable to me is what I don't have to tell you. Meaning that, you know, we know how, you know, we know about this stuff. You're talking about certain equipment. We, we understand what's going on behind the scenes. And so whether that's a, a film production, a TV production, a commercial, a short film, or a live production, it's hugely valuable to talk to somebody who, who has been on set, who understands the equipment. We have relationships with all the rental companies who understand their, you know, their requirements around insurance. We know where the hot buttons are. And I think one of my uh, colleagues, David uh, Hamilton, who's our CEO, he always, his thing is always, we want to make insurance the easiest line item on your budget. We just don't want you to worry about it, right? And we're going to do it quickly and efficiently. And and yeah, I, I the number of times I've seen 
particularly on E&O, because that is an area, the media liability is an area where you will sometimes see other brokers trying to find coverage for their clients. And they, they, they think about it like they do other professional liability products. And so they get into it and they start to realize, and quite frankly, the insurers that provide that coverage, they don't really want to deal with a general broker. You know, they just, they don't want it because there's a lot of hand holding. There's a lot of things that will be taking place that um, they're just not used to. And so therefore what happens is, you know, our client, the client ends up incurring more legal fees at their end. We, you know, the risk of incurring more legal fees with the insurer's counsel goes up. So yeah, just having a nice, quick, efficient, lots of shorthand. And I think we bring a lot of shorthand to the, the conversation with people. We know what to ask. We know what the hot buttons are. It's important to have people who understand the nuances. So I think that's, it's yeah. rings true. I mean, I've seen it on the legal side as well, right? Oh, Where somebody <laughs> comes to us and says, oh yeah, no, I've got my lawyer working on it. And they're not a media lawyer. Like they don't have your expertise and your and you're like red flag, red flag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just better all around, right? Like it, it's like any profession, if you're going to be doing yeah. something, right. You know, if you need carpentry work done, you don't call a plumber, you call a, you know, a carpenter. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to this and uh, yeah, it'll be a much more pleasant and less expensive process if you're dealing with the right people. <laughs> That's for sure. hundred percent. So my last question for you before we wrap up is if yeah. you can recommend a piece of Canadian content that you love. I, I go back to like the kind of the seventies of thinking of like early Canadian television. Think of it things like, you know, the pioneers and it like, you know, the beachcombers and the King of Kensington and all of those things, whether you look at, I mean, those were well, you know, they were well-written, they were well-acted, but when you think about like 1977 or mid seventies of what the film industry was in Canada, I mean, it was really, they were pioneering a lot of stuff, right? And the fact that they got the traction and those shows are still known today, it really did lead the way to like, you know, great shows like Degrassi and, you know, Schitt's Creek and all these things that, that were, you know, ran for seasons and seasons. And I don't exactly know how many seasons, for instance, the Beachcomber ran, Beachcombers ran, but man, it ran a long time. Like it was probably in excess of 15 seasons, I'm guessing. Right. And yeah, you know, like I just think about, and I, you know, I was having a conversation the other day with, um, with some U.S. people, and I was saying, you know, because they were um, they weren't in directly involved in the industry, and they were asking about um, they were asking about film production and everything, and and you know, kind of sort of assuming that it was only the tax credits and only the currency exchanges and that that drove production to Canada. And I said, no, you know, no. I mean, maybe at one time, okay. But man, now what we've got is this well-established industry full of amazing people, talented people, whether it's on the creative side, the crew side, the post side, when you animation, when you think about all this stuff now that's in Canada, it's got more to do with just this incredible group of people that we have in this industry. And like, I'm really fortunate to know so many of them and work with so many of them. And my colleagues would echo those comments, so. 
Yeah, so that's what I think of Canadian content. I always go back, and I, I, I always go back to the early days of film, and I think of what they went through to get those things produced, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Steve. This was such a pleasure. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. <laughs>